Hey y'all, welcome to the KJ52 Podcast. This is uh, episode number, I have no idea. Uh, but anyway, this is a two-part podcast kind of put together into one. Um, I was asked to do a blog about the passing of Tentacion. Uh, for those that don't know who that is, that's a mainstream rapper who was recently murdered in Fort Lauderdale. And so I did this uh, audio short little 10-minute thing for youth pastors, but there was still some really cool... Um, just talking points in there. And then the next podcast that will be in here is similar where I did a talk with some of the kids from my Camp Electric free time class. Uh, We did not intend to start talking about this, but they just brought up the whole thing of Christian radio and the lack of them playing Christian rap along with uh, a discussion of NF, Lecrae, hip-hop content, um, and then I think we even talked about the passing of Tentacion. So it was just a really cool to hear from a group of Gen Z kids how they view the world along with um, how Christian rap and the church and all that plays together. So if you guys love these, this podcast, you can actually help me out quite a bit by heading over to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash KJ52. Uh, and any donation helps fund this podcast and keep stuff coming. And I usually put up a bunch of freebies and stuff like that there to um, to my patrons. So anyway, going to dive right in. Thank you guys. God bless. One love. So for those that don't know, uh, I've been involved in doing Christian hip-hop for full-time, uh, coming up on 20 years. Uh, but I started in this hip-hop thing darn near 20, 20 plus years ago. Um, and I say that with the idea that I've also been doing youth ministry for just about that long. And so it's funny how all things kind of go full circle. Uh, for the last seven months, I've been serving as interim youth pastor, all the while still traveling and doing my music. And the church that I'm at, um, I guess you could say it's still relatively suburban. Uh, but I think the thing that has changed so much these days is the fact that what used to be niche music or what used to be considered <laughs> inner city or urban music um, and I say that with a laugh is because for a long time when, you know, especially when I started back in the early 90s uh, when I would say, oh I do Christian hip hop music, it was like, oh well we could plug you into our urban ministry or we could plug you into our <laughs> our outreach or whatever they always kind of thought rap equals inner city well what we know now is that hip hop not only as a culture but as a music is as mainstream as it's ever been. I think what's finally started to happen is that the church has finally started to embrace it, similar to how they embraced Christian rock 20-plus years ago. So I say all that with the idea that um, even in the suburban context that I might be doing interim youth pastoring in and still you know, traveling, uh, it's funny how this um, Tentacion uh, murder, it's, it's a mainstream thing. And this is coming from a guy who lived through the murders of Biggie and Tupac. And the only reason that this was really cognizant to me was that one of the, one of the girls in our youth ministry um, who has taken a liking to me and always kind of seems to hang around me, uh, sweet, godly, good-hearted white girl, <laughs> so to say, um, just kind of brought this up out of nowhere while we were, you know, pre-service. 
and basically said, oh, they found his killer, and he's been hiding out in one of our communities. And this is like a suburban gated community. And I thought, excuse me, like, you know, the town I'm in, between the town I'm in and the town next, it's about a half million people, but it's not what you would consider a major urban metropolitan area of Florida. And for this to be on her radar or for something like this to be, you know, in the in the ether, so to speak, I just thought was really interesting because it just shows how much our world has changed, how much the church world has changed, how much um, hip-hop as a niche culture or a niche music has has changed. And so a lot of the kids that I deal with, you know, I follow them on Instagram, and you'll see them putting up these Tentacion quotes, or even my even my 10-year-old, who is very much connected um, in, in this world to some extent, you know, kind of was like, oh, Dad, did you hear Tentacion was killed? And I'm like, yeah, I already knew about that. He's like, how would you know about that? I'm like, hello, that's what I do for a living. <laughs> and I say all this with the idea is that we live, in a, we live in a world where the speed of information travels so quickly. Um, the speed of information, the rate of information, and the rate of engagement. So what used to be these niche pockets of culture have now turned into everybody's invited to the uh, to the community uh the com- community watering hole so to speak uh the community watering fountain you know and that's the way the teenagers now are engaging and i also was kind of looking just through the headlines i was seeing i wonder how this is being embraced and i read another headline where it says you know tentacion was the tupac of this generation while being, me being sort of an older head would kind of push back on that and go, yeah, that might be just a sensationalism. The point what I'm trying to say is if we as youth ministers or those that engage youth culture take the stance of, well, I didn't know anything about this, or we take the stance of, oh, well, he should have, he should have been killed because he lived that lifestyle, or, oh, he was a, you know, uh, he, he, he beat his uh, pregnant girlfriend XYZ, you know, it, it's very easy for us as the older generation to look down on the younger generation. And sometimes I think we forget how at that age, how the emotions run so high that, you know, we tend to gloss over our heroes. And so, you know, Tentacion was, he was uh, indicted for abusing his pregnant girlfriend. There was other things that he was, you know, going, uh, dealing with that if that's your hero, whether you like this music or not, or you like, your mu- you like this music because your friend liked the music, they're going to ignore all that. And the way it's, this stuff happens is it burns, it burns big, it burns huge, it burns fast, and then it's over. And we live in a society, as I'm sure we all know, that our attention spans are so short, um, that our emotions run so high, and we are very much a microwave cotton candy culture, meaning we, we, we microwave the, the story really fast, we eat it down like cotton candy, and then we're on to the next. So for us as youth ministers, I think the best thing we can do is, one, um, give balanced, sort of balanced information, so to speak. I think it's always great that we can offer alternatives. Um, and I think it's also important that we listen to what our teenagers have to say because if it's important to them, it should be important to us, even if it's misguided. 
if you get what I'm saying. You can't speak into somebody's life if you don't have any sort of rapport or connection with them. So I kind of laughed at what the girl was saying that, you know, this guy's killer. And again, you know, for those that don't know, I live about two hours away uh, from where he was murdered. Uh, and I also, you know, very familiar with that area. I've done ministry there. Um, you know, uh, I was born in Miami. He was murdered in Fort Lauderdale. Um, and so I just took a second. I said, I don't really think they're hiding out. And so it's funny because all I did was just do a quick Google search and I showed her that actually what had been said was that the killer was were not hiding out in somebody's suburban <laughs> gated community. It was just a rumor. And while, you know, that's just about some conspiracy theory stuff, it kind of is important that we as youth ministers do this, that we take the time to listen to what their truth is, confront their truth with what the real truth is, and then give it to them to make that decision over it. If that makes sense. Because literally as we were sitting there standing there, I was letting her charge her phone off my laptop. Um, and you would think that something so silly as allowing a teenager to charge their phone off your laptop wouldn't be that big of a deal. But it's those little things that help us connect, help us to minister, help us to be Jesus with skin on. And anybody in youth ministry will tell you that, how important it is that we engage youth culture, that we don't necessarily come at it with a judgmental aspect, but we take the time to listen and we take the time to share truth. And then ultimately it's the Holy Spirit's job and it's their job to take it and do what they want with it. So anyway, and a shout out to all my youth pastors out there. Thank you so long for so long for all your support of my music, what, uh, what I'm continuing able to do. Love you guys and uh, continue to fight the good fight. God bless. Today, I'm here today at my Camp Electric free time class and we out of nowhere just got into this really amazing discussion <laughs> with a bunch of under 18 year old millennials. Actually, you're Gen, I think they're Gen Z now. Gen you're not even millennials Z, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and we got into a really good discussion of Christian music, yep. Christian hip hop, radio, uh, and a bunch of other stuff. And so I was listening to this young man talking. He has some really, really good wisdom, but I really want to hear from everybody else also. Uh, but we actually, how did we start this? We were talking about, you were basically saying you're frustrated at K-Love and those type of stations because they won't play any rap. Well, yeah, we started, I used to listen to a lot of those uh, Christian radio stations because they were playing more of a variety, but as the years went on and as I grew up, they began to play less of it and kind of uh, play those CCM. But what I was saying as, we, as right before um, was just how vague the lyrics can be in some of the modern worship songs and not to offend anybody in the CCM realm or that Well, hold on a second. Let me ask you something. Yeah. Why do you why does that bother you that the songs are vague? Uh and and here's my other point is because if you listen to these other artists say beautiful eulogy you're comparing Christian hip hop to contemporary worship. Well, not Go necessarily ahead. you know, well Christian hip hop, I mean, because then you've got Lil Craze, so there's like this other that's rap not, period. That's why it's not CCH, it. but it's not CCM. It's got just, it. Like, right in the middle. It's got the it. Kaleidoscope is the beautiful eulogy, and and those guys, I feel like, deal with the gospel directly. And it's like here is is literally this is I'm going to talk directly about our sin and the and the void between us and God and how we can fix that and modern day issues. I love Slain from the from um, the Worthy album from Beautiful Eulogy. I mean, nice. those things deal directly with it, whereas you might listen on Christian radio and it would be more like something vague. I'm going through a struggle. There's a cloud over my head. You know what I mean? So, Who likes those type of songs? But I mean, like... <laughs> radio silence. I mean, like, you, you hear, like... Um, 
a lot of groups like Hillsong like, who say that like um, I mean like variations on, on even Amazing Grace there's like no shade at Amazing Grace but Amazing Grace helps with the sound that saved a wretch like me what exactly does that mean? What were the experiences that you went through that other people could connect with? And that's what we see a lot of times in the Christian industry and that they're pushing like, look, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I used to be addicted to drugs, but thanks to God, look where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Being real with, with being mm-hmm. vulnerable with people well, in your music. Okay, then I, I want to ask a question that how do you feel about an artist like NF mm-hmm. who two years ago was right here at Camp Electric? Um, I actually, you know, I love it. Yeah, he, but, but he's I, I, very vague in his in his content. Yeah. There's no Jesus content. That's true, but also with NF, his music, he puts so much passion and time and effort yeah. into his music, and it's like he's a one man music album. He's amazing mm-hmm. with his lyrics. He's not. So I you feel that maybe the content may not necessarily be very. Vertical. Well, I, I actually connect with the passion aspect. I of kind it. of disagree because he's yeah. very, very, very. Yeah, I think yeah, I feel um, like he doesn't really focus on the Bible, but he focuses on problems that he's had and problems yeah. people have, mm-hmm. and he he's just more relating to everyone. I, I feel like too, like um, I'm pretty sure like his his um, his goal is to go out to the secular industry and and reach those people over there because that's where the mission field is. The mission field isn't where the Christians already are because most of us listening to that music are already Christians. Um, but, like, as soon as you mention God or the Bible, like, that scares people away immediately. But you want to make sure that you're able to get your message out to them to listen. Like, for example, there was someone at my school, um, I remember him, like, saying to uh, someone, he's like, I found this really great artist. Uh, his name's NF, but I'm worried about listening to him because he's a Christian. <laughs> and like, so they knew where he so, stood. So yeah, they, they know they know it. where he stands. And like, I mean, he said he was worried to listen to him because he's a Christian. I mean, I don't think that's anything to be ashamed to say. Yeah. But like, if you want to get your message and if you want to push Christ out there to the secular masses, then like, sometimes like you can't always include the word Jesus, God, or Jesus or God in your songs. But, I mean, he does in some of his songs, too. Can, can I ask another question? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's funny you say this, right? So I did a podcast about three, four months ago, maybe even longer. It's probably my biggest podcast I've ever done uh, as far as downloads and, and yeah. generating content. And, and the whole content, the whole topic was, and I just it was just an aside. And, these again, these are two people I know, two people I've known for a long time. Mm-hmm. But it was about why did NF outsell Lecrae? When they both came out at the same time, they're both on mainstream labels. And a lot of the pushback people said was, I don't like Lecrae anymore because he talks too much about social issues and he makes white people feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What is your opinions on that? Why do you think? Well, I think that he just kind of, as soon as the whole Black is Beautiful culture collapse thing went viral, I think that Lecrae really took that to heart and... A lot of people are like, oh, black people don't have a chance in this world. They're, they're hated from the day they're born. Uh, I think he really took that to heart, and he started just belting out into his music. Well, well, how do you guys feel about that? I feel like one artist shouldn't focus on one race because God made all of us equally and beautifully. And I, I, I don't like people that are racist. I'm just going to say that because hating on someone just because of the color of their skin is just wrong and cruel. 
you should never hate on someone for something that stupid and simple. Did you feel that he was ostracizing people because of what he was talking about? I feel like he was really targeting uh, kind of like white supremacy and kind of taking it to the chopping block and cutting it in half. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Uh, well, also, like, I don't like. I don't think it's so much that he's attacking white, like, mm -hmm. like one race, like, or more that he's like favoring a race or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not doing something straight out, like, bad. But it kind of. Did, did you feel like you were left out of the conversation, so to speak? Uh, not. Whereas maybe an NF content was more universal. Yeah, I think NF bit. content is extremely universal. I mean, yeah. I, oh, sorry, me. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, sorry, <laughs> Anybody yeah. can jump in, by the way. Um, this is really good content for my podcast. And by the way, if you don't know what I'm, who I'm talking to, these are uh, about anywhere about 1,000 kids. Not in the room right now, but there's 1,000 kids here at the camp. They are all part of a music camp called Camp Electric. They're all here to get better at their perspective things that they do. So anyway, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, about the Lecrae thing, I personally feel... At first, I felt like, oh, he's he's wanting to reach the mainstream, you know, reach those people. And my one quick thought about that is, you've got the beautiful eulogies and you've got the Lecrae's, and that's totally fine mm -hmm. because those people are there where they need to be. And so the beef between Shylin and 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 you know all these guys, that's that's great. That's fine, you know, that's fine. But I don't think we should point fingers because God has all given us special talents, and I think we need to realize that that is, in a musical sense too. Um, and then back to what we were talking about um, with Lecrae dealing with social issues as a, as a white person that has grown up in, in, this, in the suburbs and has not known anything about, I don't have very many black friends, that began to, I began to question myself, like, do I know everything really? <laughs> Because, because I, I'm, being, I'm being taught by my white parents these things, and this is how, you know, all people are the same. And, and even it gets political sometimes, with, you know, with my parents and things like that. And so it begins for me to question. So to question what I believe and say, do I have all the info? Do I have all the perspective? So I think, and, and, and I think Lecrae is doing a, a very good job with bringing that attention to people who might not understand otherwise. So, well, Can I say, yeah. at your age, to have that sort of perspective, <laughs> that's a pretty friggin' big deal. That's <laughs> a lot to say. Um, yeah, dap it up for him. So I'm going to end this podcast, and I just want to ask one more. All right, so we're here uh, back at Camp Electric with a bunch of amazing kids. You guys can make some noise. Yeah. <laughs> he hit his guitar over there. That was pretty cool. He's like, I'm not clapping. Um, so, uh, and uh, I just recently did a podcast, and, and I was asked to share about the death of Tentacion, uh, who was murdered actually about two hours away and about 30 minutes from where I grew up. And, you know, me being in youth ministry, but also me obviously doing Christian hip-hop for a long time, just being in hip-hop for a long time, you know, this is the question that was stated. Two, two questions I want to ask you. One, what do you think about it? Anybody want to chime in? And two, someone also said... Tentacion was this, this generation's Tupac. Do you agree with that? I don't think he said, you don't think that this generation's Tupac? Why, why would you say that? There's so many artists. There's so many artists. It's kind of hard to compare certain artists. Because every, I wouldn't say every artist, but yeah. a lot of artists have their own special techniques. I don't think anyone is really up there with Tupac. 
Well, I'm, I'm curious. What do you think about Tupac? Because it's obviously not your generation. Yeah. You didn't grow up listening to Tupac, unless maybe you had an older brother that shoved it down your throat. <laughs> um, My opinion, he's one of, he's like, he's a legend. Yeah. Rap history. Like, he's way up there for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like you said, I didn't grow up with him. I've never really listened, like, dived into his songs, but, like, I've seen just, like, straight up numbers of things he's done like how many songs he released in a certain amount of time and like he had over a hundred unreleased songs at the time of his death and so stuff like that that shows me that he like really loved what he was doing okay so i feel like well here's my question that almost is related to tentacion versus tupac jordan versus lebron Where's Kobe in there? I wasn't. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Somebody even has a third person. Where's Kobe in there? Where's Kobe in there? I'm too young to see uh, uh, to have been around for Michael Jordan age, so I really can't tell you. <laughs> so you feel more connected to LeBron? Yeah. Maybe I mean, emotionally. I mean, that's, that's obviously that's still playing. today's culture too. Sure. So that's what we're used to. Well, okay. So here's my last and final question. Well, Andy, this had nothing to do with my, <laughs> my free time, yeah. but this has actually been really, really good. Um, my question was, some people say it's wrong to honor somebody like a Tentacion who it's on record that obviously he was abusive to his pregnant girlfriend. You know, he was facing other charges. Uh, but I've got kids in my own youth ministry that are like quoting his lyrics and like claiming that his killer is hiding out in their neighbor's house. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and I'm in a pretty suburban type of town, so it's not like I'm in the middle of the hood or whatever. Um, how do you feel about that being that this is your generation? Um, you know, I, of course, I don't wish death upon anyone. So yeah. I, I don't think he should have been murdered. Like, obviously, that's way too far. Yeah. But I think right now we need to think about he had freedom of choice, but not freedom of consequence. And so he made choices to, you know, beat his girlfriend. Right. He got into, you know, gang things. And, like, he was just, he made a lot of enemies in yeah. his life. Yeah. And I think that. That was just the cause. He was murdered. Someone obviously hated him that much. He he caused a lot. He stirred the pot too much. Mm-hmm. And like as much as I wish he wasn't murdered, he, you just can't like. Do you think it's gonna happen next for like a Takashi Six Nine? Definitely. Does anybody know who I'm talking hurt. about here? Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. Looks like the Skittles bag, basically. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, he has super uh, rainbow hair and like yeah. rainbow teeth and. Yeah. His rap style is more screaming at people, and he kind of goes just into towns and, and, and basically taunts yeah. local gang members. I think he's the same. He, like, yeah. I've seen beef with him and someone else even like trying to search him, track him down, and like killing him. So I think this isn't like related to it or anything like that. I mean, kind of. It's related to between X and Six Nine. But I saw this post that said that um, Six Nine was like. Accused of murder for X or something like that, mm. and then I, but I also saw this post, and I, there's been a lot of clues for this that uh, Drake said so mm. because so whenever X, I mean this is it's probably it's Elvis weird. is probably involved too actually but whenever X came out of jail he uh, called out Drake in that little radio field that he was on and so I think Drake got really mad at that and so uh, on something X posted that said saying something that uh, if I go missing or if I'm murdered or something like that it's because of Champagne Poppy which is Hmm. Drake's Instagram 
I also saw in Drake's new song that in one of his lyrics he says SMS triple X. So my friends um, thought about it and thought about uh, what SMS could mean, either text message or right. shortening words to their first letter. So one last final question. Do you think we'll be talking about this in six months? No. no. <laughs> Not one person thinks we'll be talking about this again in six months. Okay, wait, wait. Do you know how fast culture moves? That's we won't be talking about this next week. Yeah. How do you feel about that, being that this is your generation and your culture moves that fast? Do you know any, does it not even occur to you? You just Not really. Um, it's just I part think, of life. I think, though, the thing that concerns me most about this gener about our generation is how many people are growing up with a secular hip-hop influence. And, I mean, like, I walk around school every day, and every single, like, passing period, I hear kids quoting, um, like, hip-hop lyrics, and a lot of them are lyrics that, as a Christian, make me feel morally uncomfortable. Hmm. Um, and, like... Don't think. say Gucci Gang today. <laughs> Got it. But, but like, <laughs> to think though that hip hop, I'm sorry, secular hip hop is teaching kids my age and almost every single kid that goes to my school that premarital sex is okay, that doing drugs is cool. I mean, like, that's what concerns me the most. There's going to be a lot of face tats in your generation. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I hope you're prepared. I don't get the point of that. I, don't, I just don't get it. It's, it's just stupid. This is weird. Well, I think, okay, so as, some, as someone who's seen a lot of things come and go, I will tell you, whatever is the current thing, the next generation will always find the thing that is the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you'd be surprised that, like, in my humble opinion, I think the next thing probably will be very conservative stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because everyone is becoming, like, if your dad is as tatted as you are, how are you going to rebel? Oh, yeah. <laughs> if your dad has more piercings than you, what do you be like? Screw you, dad! I'm not piercing my nose. I'm gonna be a Republican. <laughs> anyway, sorry, we got a uh, somebody in the back there. You talking about the actual music? You mean? You said that the music wasn't as hard back then? Well, I'd have to tell you, <laughs> for someone who was back then, it's sad to say, but um, there has always been different kinds of rap. There's always been super hardcore rap. I'm sure some of you guys have heard about the NWA movie. When the NWA movie dropped, I mean, obviously, that, that's, a, that's a generation of 88, 89, 90, that that was, that was pretty hardcore. I mean, they made an anthem of Blank the Police, basically. So I definitely hear what you're saying. Musically, music changes. Now... You know, most of the mumble rap, it's about based out, as much bass as you can base it out, to the point where actually they're mastering, if anybody that works in sound, they're actually over-modulating the bass to make it sound as bad as possible yes. in a lot of ways. And um, you may go, ah, it sounds terrible, but if you listen to old punk rock, they were doing the same thing. And even from a stylistic style, like I said, everything comes in cycles. The big brands that are hot right now, Champion, Champion was hot when I was a teenager, okay? Supreme, guess what, guys? It's been around as long as, <laughs> a long time. Supreme, dude, I remember when kids used to get clowned for wearing Supreme at one point. Now you can't even get the shirts, period. You know what I'm saying? All I'm saying is everything goes in cycles. 
someday you're going to be sitting on this side where I am, and your kids are going to be going, Dad, your music sucks, okay? So just get ready. Anyway, that's all I want to say. You guys have been awesome. Give yourself a hand right now. These Camp Electric peeps were incredible.